It gives me great pleasure to say good morning, Nashville Life. I'm not used to saying that. This morning I was like, good afternoon, Nashville Life. I'm like, oh, I forgot it's morning. Uh, for those of you, it's your first time here. First of all, welcome. Uh, yeah, we, we've, we've met at 2 p.m. for almost 10 years. So this is a big step for us. We're meeting in the mornings. And apparently people wake up. Y'all are here. I was like, I wonder who's going to wake up to come to church. And you did. So thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm Alvin. For those of you who don't know, I'm lead pastor here at the church. And it's an honor to do it. I want to obviously just thank Nashville Life, all of you, for, for your faith, for your generosity, for your, your help. We had so much help from last Sunday till today, uh, specifically moving into this new space. Uh, talk about zeal for the house, like seeing your zeal for this church and people taking off work and coming after work, coming before work just to help move things around. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, I do want to thank some specific people. I got to start first with, with the people who started this whole thing. That's our founding pastors, Alvin and Cece. God bless you. Thank you for your courage, your courage, your humility, your commitment to God and to his people. Um, this building was purchased May 2020, back when they were still uh, lead pastors of the church. And, and we're just continuing on what you all started. And it's, uh, it's an honor to, to carry the torch after you guys did it so well for so long. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to thank you. I also want to lift up uh, my immediate team that I work with every day, just about every week, and that's our staff. So we've got Robin, we've got Joel, we've got Marion, we've got Lucy, and then Brandon Roderman. And these guys have given countless hours over the past a uh, couple weeks, we, we got our green light for the certificate of occupancy, and I went with a pretty uh, uh, aggressive plan to move in December 5th, and they kind of had a first reaction of like, oh, no. But then they're like, let's go, and they just went into another gear, and they have been so helpful, and I just want you guys to know we couldn't have done this without you. Um, I do want to specifically lift up who I'm calling our MVP, and that is Mr. Brandon Roderman. <laughs> who has been, you guys have no idea how much he's done what you're looking at. Like, I, he stepped into a gear, I'd say, I didn't even know you had that gear in. He just, he just went to this other tank of just amazingness. And uh, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. That's cool, that's cool. That's cool. All right. All right. All right. All right. Thank you very much. I'm highly uncomfortable. Thank you. No. Uh, okay. Zeal for the house. This, today was a triple hitter. We had communion Sunday, which is big. Um, we had zeal for the house offering, which is big. And then, of course, moving into the new building. I do want to talk about zeal for the house. We've been talking it up the past couple months. And... Uh, Aside from this particular offering that we're taking at the end of the year, which is now, um, at least 10% of everything that's contributed financially goes specifically to other ministries, whether in town, 
nationally or internationally, whether they're other churches, um, other nonprofits, uh, missionaries, different things like that. We, we just believe that if we're going to teach the principle of always sowing seed, we want to actually do that as a church. So we've been doing that for, for a while now, but this uh, specific t- uh, zeal for the house, end of the year offering, is uh, just a time for you to give and according to the zeal that you have for this ministry. Um, like Marion said, we're going to be contributing towards this building, but what I'm really excited about is sharing with the Paragon Mills community. Uh, this school is really unique. Uh, it's I think there's 20 languages spoken within this one elementary school. Uh, so it's a really great way to make an impact on various nations in one place, uh, various families from other nations. And I just really think there's some incredible potential with, with partnering up with the school. So as you, as you give, just know that we're not only blessing the house, but we're blessing this community. I want Nashville Life to be a church that makes an impact on the local community. Um, in addition to, of course, other nations and other places, but I really want the locals to feel good in their hearts about Nashville life. I really want us to be known as a place that serves the community. So this is a great way to do it. Thank you in advance. Um, we're going to get into the word. Uh, I'm excited for our first message at the church. Um, just so you guys know, we are um, we are wrapping up the year and we're starting a new series. There's a lot of starts and ends, but I'll explain it. Before we get into it, let's pray. Uh, let's repeat these words after me. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. The more I give life, the more I'll receive. The more I live life, the more I'll believe. In the name of Jesus, amen. And I start off with that, guys, because the Bible is such uh, a big deal. Um, I want to make sure in case, I don't know, I feel like these days you kind of have to specify um, this and clarify it because it's not as, it can't be as assumed as it maybe it used to be, but we are a Christian church. And being a Christian church, we hold the Bible as the utmost authority in our lives. The Bible is not just words on a page written by a bunch of old people. This is the word of God. We reverence it. We hold it with the same weight as if God is speaking. We truly believe that the Bible is God's word. It is inspired by him. It is profitable for, for, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and it's, it's a gift. It's a gift from God. His word is a gift. So every time we open up the Bible, we're not just reading a book. We're not just hearing some words. We are hearing directly from God himself, and that's, that's, a, that's something to remember in your personal devotional time. Whenever you're reading your Bible in the morning or at night, you are encountering God's word. So I always like to prepare our hearts for that whenever we get into the scripture Get your mind right. Prepare yourself to receive from the Lord himself. Um, So I wanted to make sure sure that you all understood that in case you're new because we don't always know. Uh, It's through the Bible that we know what we believe. It's through the Bible that we know that 
Jesus was born of a virgin. It was a miraculous birth. It's through the Bible that we know that he lived and performed miracles and taught amazing messages and brought the kingdom of God. It's the Bible that lets us know that he rose from the grave. Um, it's, it's the Bible that we know all of these things. It's through the word of God. So like, make sure you treasure that and make sure you understand that this is not just any old book. This is, this is the inspired word from, from God himself. We are wrapping up 2021. The theme for our year uh, at Nashville Life was I am a life giver. I am a life giver was the theme that we introduced in January. And uh, it's about to end uh, after December. We got this inspiration from the book of Genesis about the story of Joseph. And Joseph is, uh, has an epic story, but the climax of the story of Joseph is when God used him to interpret a dream that God gave to Pharaoh. And God used Egypt in a very unique way. For seven years, the dream was that they would have abundant fruit. All of the produce would just produce at a, an abundant and rapid pace. And that after those seven years were over, there would be a seven-year famine where nothing would be produced, not just in Egypt, but across the entire world. And the instructions given to Pharaoh that Joseph helped interpret was, you all are called to save during these seven years of plenty, during these seven years of abundance. Make sure you save because when the famine hits, I'm going to make it to where Egypt is the only supply of grain for those seven years. And the whole world during the seven-year famine, which, by the way, happened, what God says happens, happens. And God said there would be a famine, and there was, and the whole world had to find a way to get to one location to get grain for their families, for their cities, for their nation. And the, the revelation that we got for Nashville Life and really for the church as a whole is, the body of Christ, we're that storehouse, but instead of for grain, we're the storehouse for life. I do believe that there is a famine of life around the world, and the only place that you can get it is through Jesus Christ, through the body of Christ. We are that storehouse. The word calls us a storehouse. So it's important for us to remember that if you're a believer, if you're a member of this church or any church, you are the storehouse. You are the source of for this famine that has hit our world, and God has called us to be the givers of his life. So to wrap up the theme, I'm going to preach about his life. The series for December is Jesus the Life. Jesus the Life. I want us to understand um, what he means when he says in, in uh, John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. And I started just sitting on that. I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be the life amongst so many lives? I mean, there's a ton of lives in this room alone, let alone our city. There are billions of lives walking around the world today. And in a, in a world of so many lives, what does it mean to be the life? Um, so to help understand this, I want to talk about just the origin of human life for a second. Um, if you look in Scripture, you see that human life is really a combination of, of, of two things. It's, it's the earth, and then it's breath. Um, the earth and breath, and then Scriptures put it as flesh and spirit. And the combo of these two is what gives us human life. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, 
Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. So you see the recipe for man. It was, it was dust from the ground, and then it was the breath of God, and that's how we have human life. And Adam and Eve were the first uh, humans that were created in this way. It was the earth, and it was the breath of God, and then you got Adam, and then you got Eve. And it was wonderful. They had the life that God had given them. And then something bad happened. They, they end up doing something that God said if you did that, it would kill you. Um, it was eating the fruit of a tree. He said, you'll die if you do this. And human beings, we have a tendency to really underestimate the validity and the truthfulness of what God is saying. We always have a tendency. We don't always give into that tendency, thank God. But there's a tendency to kind of doubt if God really meant what he said. Like, maybe he didn't really mean that. I don't, I don't know you, but I've asked myself that sometimes. Maybe, I mean, we'll, we'll read things that are, like, radical in Scripture, and it's like, wait, surely he didn't mean that. Well, Adam and Eve were like us in this way. And even though he said you're going to die, they allowed themselves to give into this belief that I don't think he really means that. This is not really going to kill me. Um, but to their surprise, and as God predicted, they, they died. Um, but it was, a, it was a death that they didn't really see coming. That's why the scripture says, lean not to your own understandings. Because when we try to lean on our own, we, we end up missing it. There's, there's layers to this life that we don't see. And honestly, if we trusted God, we would realize we don't have to see it all. If we can just do what he says. But again, we as human beings tend to go, nah. Surely it's not that serious. Turns out it was that serious. And Paul describes the nature of this death that Adam and Eve experienced. Um, and he, I'm, I'm going to jump all the way to the New Testament for a second. Ephesians chapter 2. And I apologize if you guys can't see. We're, we're taking notes and realizing that white lettering is not the best for seeing. But just you can read along with me if you have your Bibles. Um, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, I'm reading from the ESV. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Verse 3, among whom we all once lived. In the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Um, Adam and Eve, the plan of God for their lives was for them to start a legacy of, of life through obedience to him. But when they disobeyed, they still continued in a legacy, but it was a different legacy than what God had intended when he created them. Um, the definition in Webster of legacy is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor 
or from the past. That's how Webster defines legacy. And while Adam and Eve were called to start a legacy of, of life through obedience, they ended up starting a legacy of death through disobedience. And it's, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a sad situation. And it didn't take long for the effects of that legacy to, to manifest. I don't know if you guys recall, but the first son born on earth killed his brother. It didn't take long for this legacy of death to mature. The first kid they ever had killed his brother. This is the legacy of death via disobedience. And this is the sadness that has continued to grow and grow from generation to generation, which is why a savior was needed because a legacy had started through Adam and Eve of disobedience. All of a sudden, the life that Adam and Eve were called to live switched over to merely a life. And there's a difference between the life and a life. Have you ever, guys ever heard the phrase, uh, or sometimes you, you might have said it, and the phrase is, uh, man, this is the life. This is the life. And the times that people say that is usually when they're in an ideal sort of situation, something particularly sweet, something particularly special. Maybe you're on the beach um, with the pina colada, looking at the beach, looking at the view with your friends, or maybe you're at the top of a mountain seeing this incredible view, or you're on vacation with your best friends, and you guys are eating delicious food. I don't know. These are the times where you go, ah, this is the life. And that implies that I was living a life, but on this vacation, man, this is the life. And there's a difference between the life and a life. And what happened was human beings were demoted to just living a life. There's a lot of lives in this room. There's a lot of lives around the world. But how many people, when they could be living the life, are only living a life? This is what happened to humanity. Adam sadly became a life. And he could only multiply what he was. So the world became a life multiplied. That was the byproduct of what Adam and Eve experienced. The world became a life multiplied. So if a life is what they were pretty much sentenced through because of their sin, then what is the life. What is the life? What distinguishes the life from all the other lives that are in this world? There's a language that I want to talk about. I think language is very important. I think language and the way language is used informs the way we think, the way we feel. Uh, I've seen it a whole lot in the past few years, particularly just through media and society. I see the way language is carefully crafted to provoke different types of emotions and different types of reactions. Language is extremely important. And I was thinking about the life and then a life and even the word life and what it means. And I was studying and I saw that, you know, the New Testament was you know, originally translated in Greek, I mean, written in Greek. And for the word life, there's actually three different words. What we call life 
in English is three different words in the Greek. One is bios, which is your biological life. The other one is shuke, which is your soul life. And your soul is your mind, your emotions, your will. And then there's zoe, which is divine life, life with God, life that God intended for you to have. It's a supernatural life. And, and when you read life, depending on how it's translated, if it's bios, you're talking about your biological life, your, your, your suche, which is the soul life, and then there's zoe. And uh, what happened when Adam and Eve had the fall, they lost Zoe life. They lost the divine life. They, were, they, they died to the divine, but they still were able to function by their biological life and their, their suche, their soul. So they were still able to breathe. They were still able to hear. They were able to walk. They were able to see. They were able to reason. They were able to dance. They were able to laugh. They were able to solve uh, problems. They were able to, you know, human beings can do a whole lot via just the bios and the suche alone. Uh, we, can, we can write books. We can, we can solve great, we can build amazing architecture. We can make amazing art. We can do all this from the bios and the suche alone. And it becomes very deceptive because over the while you realize how high functioning the human being can be without divine life. And over a while it ends up sending a message that the divine life isn't even that necessary. Because look how much we can do with the bios. Look how much we can do just with our souls. Look how much we can do with biology. And the need for the divine starts to get less and less, and you end up creating a world where everybody is immune to living off those first two definitions of life and missing out on the divine life that was lost when Adam and Eve ate of that fruit. And while there's, I mean, I could be here literally till tomorrow listing the things that a human being can do with the biological and their soul existence alone. I mean, incredible things, things that are actually impressive. People can function just fine, but let me tell you what you can't do and can't experience without that divine life, without Zoe. The first thing is truth, and I start with truth because truth is what lets you know what's true and what isn't. So truth is the first thing you cannot experience without divine life, and therefore peace. When I say peace, I mean true peace. Joy, can't do it. Wisdom, it can't happen. Comfort, true comfort, can't experience it. Understanding, can't experience it. Protection, true protection, not man-made protection. Protection that can go and protect you from things that, things that we build can't. Provision, true provision. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want provision. <laughs> Guidance. The Bible says without, the, without the, the divine life, the blind is just leading the blind. We're getting guidance from people who are blind as well. You know what I'm saying? So you can't get that without Zoe life. Confidence, true confidence. I'm not saying confidence in your status or in your looks that fade or in your money. Confidence that if you had nothing, you would still stand firm. That confidence can't, can't be experienced 
It cannot be experienced without the divine. True mercy, courage, healing, faith, hope, true hope, and then, of course, love, which is probably the most misdefined word. True love can only be experienced through the Zoe life, the divine life, the life. So let's talk about how we get that life, how we get the life, how we graduate from merely living a life to experiencing the life. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. The word says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When the virgin gave birth to Jesus, Emmanuel came. God with us came. That divine provision of life that was missing finally came through the form and person of Jesus. This was the life that finally came after we were missing him for so long. Life with God, Emmanuel. When Jesus came to humanity, the life came to humanity, which is why he said in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He was talking to a ton of people who were living biologically. He was talking to a lot of people who were living in their souls. But he was talking to an entire people that were dead in the Zoe. They were dead to the divine. And when he says, I'm the life, he goes, I am, a com- I am someone that has all three. Y'all only have two. Which is why we're incomplete without Jesus. Because we're only living with two-thirds of what we were called to be. The breath of God is something that only comes through Jesus, which is why he was so bold to say, y'all are a life, I'm the life. When Jesus said that he was the life, he meant he is the only life with God. He, I, Jesus is going, I am God with us. I am Emmanuel. He said, he is the only life that comes with everything that comes with God. When you have Jesus, you have everything that comes with God. Everything that comes with the divine life that we were called to have, that was taken, that we died to way back with Adam and Eve, that part of our life, the part that's divine gets restored. And the beauty of Jesus and the beauty of knowing Jesus and accepting Jesus is you get to experience all the things that you couldn't experience by biology alone. You get to experience all the things that you could never experience just from your soul. There are blessings that your emotions cannot produce. Believe it or not, 
There are blessings that your intellect cannot produce. And that's what God goes, that's where I come in. The truth. Your emotions can't produce truth. Your scholastic training can't produce truth. You can't feel your way to peace. You can't. I'm not trying to like be. I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm just telling you, you can't. You can't concentrate your way to joy. If that was the case, we would have been found it because Lord knows we've all been trying. You can't produce wisdom of yourself. The Bible says the wisdom that derives from human beings is demonic. So not only is it not true wisdom, Paul says we actually slip into a demonic doctrine when we produce wisdom of ourselves. You can't produce comfort from being smart. And I'm all for studying and, and stretching your mind, but there are certain things that the bios and the suche will not give you. That only comes from the life. Jesus is the only person that unlocks understanding. He's the only person that is the true protector. He's the only person that can provide you to where you can honestly say, not theoretically, but God makes it to where you can honestly say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, because the provider only comes from the life. Confidence. True confidence of knowing who you are, knowing who you've been created to be, do you know how many brilliant people have no idea why they're on this earth? Brilliant people and totally clueless of who they are because confidence only comes from the life. Mercy only comes through Jesus. He's the only one who can pardon us of our sins. You'll never experience the joy of true mercy until you are at the cross of Jesus. Courage. Courage to do the impossible where everybody else shrinks back with their tail in between their legs. You have this ability to stand firm. That's not a personality trait. That is not an Enneagram score. Courage is something that only comes from the life. Healing. Faith. Hope that never dies. Only one source, the life. And then, of course, the greatest of all of these, love. Love that's so great that a man was willing to receive all the false accusations that we committed. He accepted, it, accepted them as his own. And he died on the cross, a super painful death. Like he felt every ounce of those nails. He felt every ounce of those scourgings on his back. He felt every thorn in his temple. He felt it all. And he didn't do anything wrong. He died trying to help us. That's love. Love allows you to do things for the very people who hate you. 
Love empowers you to bless the very people who are talking about you. That's something that, I'm sorry, there is just no personality trait that great. That is something that only comes from the divine, from God himself. Jesus brought that. So, for the theme, I'm a life giver, 2021, the life that we give as the church is the life of Jesus. I'm sorry, I I think all of us are great, but our lives just won't really cut it. Like, when it comes to coming to church to get each other's life, like, (laughs) no thanks, I love you guys, but I don't really want your lives. And I don't think you really want mine, trust me. But we come here because we want his life. The life of Jesus. There's a difference between our lives and the life. Now, the plan is as we receive the life, we begin to live the life. And as we live the life, which is a life obedient to the life, then people can experience the life through us. That's how this whole thing works. We receive the life, then we actually live the life. And as we live the life, people will receive the life. And the story goes on and on and on and on. And that's how the kingdom of God grows. So that's what it means. And we get it through Jesus. I'm going to end it with one scripture. 1 John chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. It says, the life was made manifest. Not just any life. The life was made manifest when Jesus was born. And we have seen it, John says, and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, which is what our season celebrates. There was, the life was manifested from spirit to flesh, and Jesus was the manifestation of the life. He was the life personified. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4, and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. The motive of the life coming and being spread is so that joy may be made complete. The Lord sees us experiencing a lot of knockoff brands of peace and joy and love. And he goes, it's time for the real thing. It's time. It's time to experience the true joy. I want your joy to be complete. That's what Paul's like. That's what John is saying. I want your joy to be complete. And... um. I want that for you. I want that for me. <laughs> um, I want that for all of us. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, and I would like for everyone, obviously this is, 
a lot of people here, but this is between you and the Lord. I want you to the best you can to really take this next few minutes we're going to give you and ask the Lord to assess your life, to just do a scan of your heart. Again, we're all in here in the same room, but what I'm about to pray is between you and him alone. And uh, I just believe that he is going to uh, bless you because that's what God does, and I believe that he's here. And I want to talk to him on our behalf, and you can just sit there and you can pray, but I'm going to pray that the Lord uh, does something special for you right now. Father, first off, we just thank you. We thank you. Um, your word says that if we acknowledge you, that you would direct our path. Lord, so right now, I just simply acknowledge that you're here. I acknowledge your presence. I acknowledge the life that you have brought into this room, that you have brought into a lot of our hearts. God, um, Jesus, you, you said you sent the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit to help us. And we need help because we don't always see, especially in the hustle and bustle of life and busyness of life, we don't always see and hear what you're trying to tell us. God, so I pray that right now that you would speak to every person in this room about their lives. And Lord, if there's anyone here that might be living a life instead of the life, I pray, Lord, that you make it clear to all of us. Lord, if we've been putting too much confidence on our, our biological functioning and our soul functioning, and we've mistaked those two things for something from you, God, make that clear to us, Lord. The Bible says that your word knows how to divide between the soul and the spirit, Lord, because Without your word, we can get the two confused. But, Lord, you said that you can help us with that. So make it clear, Lord, if we're, if we're depending on our soul and our biology and who we are physically for what your spirit wants to provide. Lord, and you know everybody's story in here. You know the details. You know how to speak to each person. So I just, I, tr I, I trust you. But, Lord, reveal, reveal the truth so that we're not, not, that, not so that we're condemned or, or feeling rejected, God, but it's to help us so that we can step into the life that you've called us to live. Holy Spirit, help us. Reveal to us the life Jesus, Jesus, the life. I believe the Lord is showing us.
Father, we thank you for opening up the eyes of our heart so we can see you. And Lord, as we fix our eyes on you, Lord, we know that next to the real thing, we can spot out what's not real. So God, as we put our eyes on you, anything that's not you, let us be able to part ways with those things so that we can give our whole selves to you and you alone. Because when you're leading us, we experience the life. So thank you in advance, in Jesus' name. If you are ready to say yes to him, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, who is the way, who is the truth, who is the life. So let's all stand. And this is just, if you're ready to switch over from, from a life to something that's divine, something that is directly from God himself, something that is Jesus, something that is something only Jesus can give. I'm inviting everybody. I don't want to assume that anybody is really doing anything. I just want to make it clear that no matter where you are in your life, you could be in church for years. This could be your first time in church. Everybody in between. Today is the day to receive the life of Jesus. The truth, the comfort, the confidence, the protection, the provision, the healing, the hope, whatever it is you need. If you're ready to receive that, repeat these words after me. And I know that God is going to be faithful to answer this prayer and come into all of your lives in a way that you are not going to just, you're not even going to recognize it. It's going to be so different. And I believe that. So say, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Let's celebrate. If you believe you've got the life of Jesus, make it known. Let somebody know. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for the life has come. And the life has come through Jesus. And thank you for making it so 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 simple for us to receive the life just by believing in our heart confessing with our mouth and a lot of people did that so if you did that for the first time or maybe it's been a while um since you've acknowledged him as lord first of all congratulations secondly let us know by sending us a text we've got a system to where we have a few scriptures that we can send home with you right to your phone so if you text yes to jesus 
to 7411. What will 77411? I'm sorry, 77411. Um, we can send you that those resources, and you'll have it right in your phone. You can study it later on today. That way, you can get a strong start with your walk with Jesus. Um, come back. We would love for you to come back so you can grow in the word and be discipled so that you can go and win others to Jesus. Um, if you want to get more involved in our church, um, Next Steps is something that we offer this time every week. So come back next week and, and at our 11:15 service, we offer Next Steps. We would love to share with you more of the vision of our church and what we're about and how to get involved. Um, prayer. If you want prayer, we have leaders who are here up front. They will be. They're not here right now, but they will be here. So after service is over, we'll be happy to pray for anything you need. If it's healing, if it's um, just encouragement, whatever, we'll pray for you. We are here to serve you. You can also give us your prayer requests online via the website. we got a team that prays during the week for all of our requests, and it's effective. So please let us know. And then lastly, the zeal for the house. If you gave online, thank you for in advance. You still can give. And then if you want to give by cash or check, you can drop it off on the way out. The finance team is in the back. They can receive your tithe offerings or for the or zeal for the house offering. Um, anything is appreciated. So we bless you. We love you. Let me dismiss us and we'll be out. Father, thank you so much for our first Sunday in our new church that you blessed us with, our building. Father, thank you for the gospel message, Lord. Thank you for the life that we get to experience more and more every day through Jesus. And I pray a blessing over every person who came, every family that's represented. Jesus, continue to pursue them and continue to open their eyes, Lord, so that we can live abundant lives in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Praise God. Have a good one.